welcome to another episode of the V Auto Podcast Retail Revival Series. I'm Randy Kobat with Cox Automotive, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. I'm really excited to bring you this episode. It features a fourth-generation dealer, Bobby Sight, Operations Director at Rob Sight Ford in Kansas City. Bobby shares how he came up in the business and how the store has evolved throughout the generations. For the past year, as Bobby has taken on more responsibility in the dealership's day-to-day operations, one of his primary goals was to reverse a trend of declining market share in new vehicles, a job that started with a social media-focused marketing strategy and a careful study of where he could find opportunities. We had you know, two or three dealers in our area that were pumping into our market at a very, very alarming rate. And anytime you have those three dealers, it's pretty easy to identify if you didn't already know it was coming from them. But you got to take a look at what those dealers are doing, what they're stocking, how they're pricing, and um, you have to adapt to your market. Bobby's efforts helped the dealership grow its new vehicle market share and sales through the end of 2019 and put them in a position to weather the disruption brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. It was, in fact, one of those instances where a strong new vehicle department really contributed to success in used cars as well. Just due to some tremendous used new car months and growth in new car months, we were able to acquire a lot more vehicles off the trades. And we were really positioned pretty well from a cost to market standpoint going into the pandemic and entering and in the beginning of it. And we actually have put together some pretty good uh, used car months. I mean, volume hasn't been too far off in the very beginning of the pandemic and to where it is today. And gross has been pretty good. Like a lot of dealers, Bobby is focused now on finishing 2020 in the best way possible. He's got very ambitious goals for new and used vehicles. And most importantly, he plans to stay super focused on what the market tells him will be the best next step ahead for his business. I would love to be at the 130, 130, 140 year over year mark in new vehicle. And I would love to personally be um, at 100% of our sales expectancy, which we're inching in on. So um, that's number one, used car sales. I would like to keep the volume uh, where it is, but I would love the gross um, to increase on about average of, you know, 15, $10,000 each month, you know, about 120 uh, to $150,000 year over year. I think that I, I personally believe that it's doable and, and we're on the right track to do it. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Let's listen to my conversation with Bobby Sight of Rob Sight Ford. Today I'm joined uh, by Bobby Sight, who's operations director at Rob Sight Ford in the greater Kansas City area. Bobby, welcome to our podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the interesting things from my perspective and one of the things that I love about our industry is, you know, how the car business and car dealerships are really part of the tapestry of America and, you know, real Americana. So I'd, I'd like to start our conversation with a little bit of a background. So you're a fourth generation dealer, which really is no small yeah. feat, you know, in our industry. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your family's business, uh, kind of where it got started and the role that you're playing today. Family got started in 1923 in uh, Kansas City, actually as a Chevy dealer. Um, today we are a Ford dealer. Um, obviously, great-grandfather started it, went through a handful of generations. My dad and his brother actually ran um, our family dealership group 
uh, for most of their lives and ultimately separated back in the early 2000s just due to uh, many dealerships, lots of kids, you know, a handful of different situations. And um, so, you know, I'm in the dealership as a fourth generation dealer. Um, I have cousins in the area who are in the industry as fourth generation dealers as well, uh, separately owned, but um, the whole family is involved and it's been a crazy experience, but it's been amazing. That's awesome. So 1923, basically been in the business since the very beginning as a family. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. And obviously spent my times growing up out here in the summers, um, everywhere from cleaning up cigarette butts to sweeping the floors to uh, working through the service department, sales department, and all the way up to where I am today. And so describe your role today in the dealership. What What's your primary role there as part of the leadership team? So, you know, I think my, my biggest focus, my specialty is in our uh, marketing, messaging, and advertising have come through fixed operations and have a really strong hold on that. But I guess at the end of the day, you know, what I am most passionate about is just the sales industry and promotion and doing what we can to sell as many cars as we can every day. Um, I do. I kind of, I kind of have my hand and fist in a little bit of everything that's going on here. That's awesome. You know, most of our discussions that we've had with our clients like you in our podcast series for the last few months have been more focused on the used car side, but I, I think with you, I'd like mm-hmm. to spend a few minutes talking about how you've been doing on new cars so far in 2020, especially given what a unique market that we're in with, you know, inventory drying up on the lots across the country at dealerships like yours, with manufacturing being shut down. And, and maybe let's start with a little bit of history there on the new car side. So going back a year or so, you made a decision to get more aggressive in new vehicles. So how did you come up with that decision? What were some of the factors you considered when you made your decision to get more aggressive on the new car side? Well, I think the number one factor for us, which was, you know, I mean, it was pretty simple is, you know, Ford presents us our market share. And, you know, whatever percentage that is at. And, you know, it has been increasingly shrinking over the past year or two. And, you know, I guess straight from a winning and losing standpoint, you never want to see that number shrink. And, you know, anytime you have that, you know, you got to take a look at what, what's around you. And, you know, you make the decision to try and get that number to go the other way. You want it to get back up as close to 100% or not, if not above as possible. And um, when you're not there, you've got to do something different. And uh, that's when we made the decision to kind of get more aggressive, get more data driven and really do what we can on top of uh, merchandising promotion uh, to get some cars out the door. That's great. So um, one of the things that we always talk about with our clients is that pump in, pump out report. How are you really doing from a market share perspective in the market that you operate? Did looking at those reports reveal anything unique that you were able to capitalize on? I mean, I think that is one of the most significant factors um, that, that we could really look at and, you know, where we want to be more aggressive and why we want to be more aggressive. I mean, there's, and if they are listening right now, the dealers know who they are. I mean, they, we had, you know, two or three dealers in our area that were pumping into our market um, at a very, very alarming rate. And anytime you have those three dealers, it's pretty easy to identify if you didn't already know it was coming from them. But you got to take a look at what those dealers are doing, what they're stocking, how they're pricing, and um, you have to adapt to your market. I mean, Kansas City is a very, very uh, competitive market. We've got 13 Ford dealers 
in the metro and um, other competitors just in our backyard that aren't considered in the metro. So matching with the competition, matching who's pumping India is the biggest thing that probably went into our strategy. That's interesting. And you mentioned kind of the marketing side as well. So what did you do to maybe reposition the store or re-message the value of doing business with your dealership? Anything like that? I think that there's two sides to that. <laughs> there's a pre-COVID side and then there's a post-COVID side to that. But um, really starting, you know, in 2019 and kind of pushing momentum into 2020, um, you know, I really wanted to rebrand it in a fresh sense, fresh sense that, um, that really presented our employees uh, and presented myself. Um, so we really started to invest pretty heavily into uh, Facebook marketing where little short 15, 30 second clips of myself talking. Um, and we would do all sorts of different campaigns, F-150 campaigns, escape campaigns, every model line, and we would build it out. And it would be myself talking, our employees talking, and it would be professionally shot videos. Um, and I think that that really did give us a fresh look um, for our dealership and uh, has ultimately resulted well for us. Um, you know, maybe not work, doesn't work for everybody, but uh, has been a good look and I think have turned out very nicely. That's great. Now, you're currently a Viato client and you're using our Conquest software, which is the new car inventory management software. Um, mm -hmm. How does that system help you kind of execute on these things that you've talked about as far as your new car vehicle objectives? It helps us take a, a really good detailed look at our market. You know, obviously, as I said, you kind of have to adapt to the conditions that are out there and adapt to the dealers who are selling lots of cars. And we are able to keep a very, very strong tab on the people who are doing great. And um, when people are doing well, you have to take a look at why they are doing things well. Um, and it gives us the opportunity to do that. And it also gives us uh, an ability to kind of continue on um, the strategy that, you know, Fiato has provided for us in the used car market, which has been so effective, uh, using age and helping use it for inventory management as well. That's great. Thank you. You saw growth in new vehicles during the pandemic. How, how did that happen? Uh, I don't know that uh, that um, I have a, a perfect answer of how it happened, but um, it, it was definitely crazy. I mean, we were carrying on a, a tremendous amount of momentum out of 2019 from a volume perspective in new cars. And as we kind of continued to go through 2020, we continued to experience great growth. And when it came down to the pandemic, you know, everything just kind of stopped and, you know, the horn sounded and, Obviously, we had no idea which, which direction we were going to go. Um, you know, unfortunately, had to furlough a tremendous amount of our sales staff, uh, which I was not proud of at the time. Sure. But, you know, at the end of the day, we really came together with myself and the rest of our managers uh, to run the sales department while things were up in, up in the air. And we really, I think, adapted well to how people were shopping for cars. You know, we tried... We, we presented all the options for digital retailing the best we could. Um, I don't think that we were as prepared for it when everything happened as we'd like to have been, but we, we made the, the options available. We made it available for customers to communicate with us without having to come in via text, via chat, via Facebook messenger. Um, and we just made sure that we still stayed competitive in our market set. And fortunately as a Ford dealer, um, you know, Ford motor company did a great job of, giving tremendous incentives, um, 0% across the board. 
and people still came in to buy cars. And when they did, we were ready for it. And ultimately we ran out of inventory uh, or ran low on inventory, just like every other car dealer did. Mm -hmm. But we found ways and found dealers to work with us to trade, to acquire new vehicle inventory, uh, dealers who were overloaded. And we're just kind of, we've just kind of been putting the pieces together day by day um, to make sure that we have cars available for people to buy. And when they do want to buy that we're ready for it. I find that really interesting is that, you know, a, a dealer might trade their new car inventory more frequently than they even, uh, you know, know that, that they do. At times we see maybe 40% of a dealer's new car inventory changing because of dealer trades that might happen. And they're happening because of a phone call that comes into the store or a phone call that you place and you're not really keeping track of how many times that might happen. So t tell me a little bit about the dealer trade process and how you think about it. <laughs> not every dealer wants never not every dealer wants to play uh, you know play around with with trading vehicles with us. You know we've got we got we have we respect you know there's there's a handful of dealers that that we have tremendous relation with, and that could be in the Kansas City area, in the St. Louis area, or just kind of in the Kansas City region. And obviously with low inventory, you're not always going to have uh, what the consumer, what your customer might be looking for. And it could be a return customer. It could be a customer who comes in on a vehicle and decides they want a handful of different options. Yeah. I mean, you're right. The inventory, our inventory because of it is always changing, but, um, you know, we think we've got some fair negotiation processes lined up with other dealers and they've been helpful as we've been helpful to them. And it's definitely a two way street. So any dealer that's willing to do that, um, you know, we will play ball with, but it does, it affects um, what your inventory looks like on a daily basis. And it puts a larger emphasis on making sure you're up to date on your merchandising, your website, your pricing, um, and all the information about vehicles every day. And, and I think the other thing that's fascinating to me is, you know, some of the gems that you might have on your lot through understanding the data and the market as it exists today. You know, you might think differently about trading away that car uh, than others might. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly vehicles that are just off limits completely. But usually, if if you've got a gym, you know, the other dealers probably got one out there as well. And, you know, although what they have isn't necessarily what the, um, the consumer is looking for um, on their lot, um, usually we can find something on their lot that is good for us. But in the case that you know, say you've got some uh, Expedition Max 202 package with uh, white with black wheels, which is super unique uh, and a great piece, you know, I'm not going to be willing to trade that off if I can't get something quite as uh, in demand as that vehicle. Sure. Maybe it's less about the gems in the trade and it's more about those bread and butter cars that, you know, you make sure you get equal value from maybe more so than really understanding what the really unique pieces of inventory are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, those, uh, the trucks, the XLTs, the 302A packages for us and, um, the 502A packages for the Lariats are, um, are always our bread and butter. So we will definitely collect upon those as much as we possibly can. That's great. So let's shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about used cars, the, the used vehicle mm -hmm. department there. So we've heard from a lot of dealers. They had a lot of inventory, you know, in March in anticipation of, you know, the normal spring um, and then the pandemic hit. So let's talk about your store. How were your inventory levels? And then as we started going into, 
you know, the different ways the states have managed through this current situation with lockdown, social distancing, et cetera? How have you managed through that? Our inventory levels were the one thing that we do a good job of, and that's just this is just how we operate in our stores. We really do we function off a thirty day average, and our inventory levels were up a little bit over what they were the year before. But going into the pandemic, you know, we took a it was interesting. You know, you, we dealt with um, you know I've got a twenty group, and as if as most people in the automotive industry, you know, predicted that um, you know your inventory values would decrease significantly because the wholesale market was going to come in so cheap. And um, ultimately, you know, we didn't try to hedge any bets or anything like that and get rid of inventory to kind of go back to the auction. And so we hung on to our inventory. They were a little bit higher. And um, just due to some tremendous used new car months and growth in new car months, we were able to acquire a lot more vehicles off the of trades. And we were really positioned pretty well from a cost to market standpoint um, going into the pandemic and entering and in the beginning of it. And we actually have put together some pretty good uh, used car months. I mean, volume hasn't been too far off in the very beginning of the pandemic and to where it is today. Um, and gross has been pretty good. Um, and we are now kind of running into the challenge of trying to manage and find the inventory with this competitive state of the wholesale market. Um, we're definitely doing what we can every day to kind of help adapt to that and get the cars we need to get to get stuff back out the door. Yeah, it's an, it's an obvious connection, right? You do well in new cars and you manage your new car inventory and, and your competitive position in the marketplace leads to really good quality trade-ins, and you mentioned that. Um, but obviously, you're going to have some gaps. Uh, how do you look at the wholesale auction market in this current environment? I mean, there's no denying that it's absolutely terrible. I mean, I can't get on there without, you know, without seeing a car go a couple thousand dollars over MMR right. uh, just consistently. You know, and it's tough. You know, you want to make sure that you have program cars out on the lot and you ultimately do have to overpay a little bit for them. Ideally, in an ideal sense, you know, we would be able to buy cars off the street, which is possible and we are doing, but is never going to bring cars in at the volume that you want it to, in my opinion. I mean, it doesn't mean, I mean, it doesn't mean we don't try every day, but, you know, and then you obviously want to get trade-ins off new vehicle cars, which we're short on. So, you know, we're, we're, we're finding ways and, and finding spots in the wholesale market, but none of it is ideal. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, and it, that's just the reality of it. And, and it just seems that, um, you know, it's going to shrink our margins and it is going to make more, more difficult to sell vehicles. Um, but that's the, the game that we're playing in and we're still just finding a way to get cars and at least get opportunities in F and I, and maybe opportunities for other trades, um, even off a used car sale. This, this whole situation has really been a, a fascinating study of the economics of supply and demand in any industry. But, you know, it's really cool in our industry because, you know, you have cur current players, you know, historical big players kind of waiting on the sidelines. Rental car companies, for example. OEM, you know, captive finance uh, parts of the business kind of extending lease terms before bringing all those lease cars that we were anticipating coming back into the market. Some of that I think will start freeing up and we might get back to a situation where we'll have a more normal flow of all the different types of used cars coming back into the market. And I just read Friday, I, mean, I guess it was Friday, 
you know, with the Hertz bankruptcy, their the bankruptcy courts has agreed to their approach to begin to liquidate a lot of the inventory that they have. Um, so I, I think you might see more supply coming into the market, which, you know, to your point, will bring more cars back to, you know, auction and begin to impact MMR. So it's really fascinating. I, I don't know if you've looked at it from that perspective or, or not. Yeah, I mean, we, we know that these rental car companies have been sitting on vehicles for um, obviously a handful of months, and we are anxiously awaiting for them to, uh, to to come off them and make them back into the market. But yeah, from a, from a complete um, log- logistical standpoint, going to when, when those cars come in, it'll be a, a tremendous help to us, and it obviously will drive our cost of vehicles down, and it will drive the cost down for consumers as well. Yep, absolutely. So you know, here we are, we're uh, having this conversation at the end of July in 2020. Where would you like to see your store by the end of the year? Um, What challenges do you foresee as we manage through the back half of 2020? Well, um, you know, I guess I've got my my new and and used car goals. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I've really, as you said, you know, the, the effect from a new car sale is it trickles down to every department of the dealership. And that's really where our focus has been over the past six months or even really a year. Um, you know, for 2019, you know, I set out and I had a goal that, um, you know, I wanted to be, at, I wanted to be 25% up year over year for my new car volume. And through the pandemic and through low inventory and through the end of June, we were fortunate to be up 27% still. Um, and as we have cars trickling in every day slowly, but, they have been coming in from the plants and new cars. I would love to be at the 130 or 130, 140 year over year mark um, in new vehicle. And I would love to personally be um, at a hundred percent of our sales expectancy, which we're inching in on. So um, that's number one, used car sales. I would like to keep the volume uh, where it is, but I would love the gross um, to increase on about average of, you know, 15, $10,000 each month you know, about 120 uh, to $150,000 year over year. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that I, I personally believe that it's doable and, and we're on the right track to do it. It admits everything that's going on. Sure. Those are tremendous goals. And my, uh, my best of wishes to you as you try to man- get there, because I, I think, you know, really good run dealerships like yours definitely have an opportunity to really grow in this um we're, we don't have shoppers today. We really do have buyers, and uh, it's been great right. to see dealerships like yours continue, continue to thrive in this market. You know, one last thing, Bobby, given that your dad is still somewhat involved in the business, what is he telling you about, you know, kind of what's going on right now and how you're managing the business through this current situation? I think, I mean, I know that he's very pleased. I mean, the the guy, unfortunately, just had back surgery last week. Oh, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. And that's part of it, you know, and he's doing well, but I think it's really for the first time, you know, as I'm uh, approaching 30 here, he's really been able to stay home and not necessarily having to worry about the business, even though it's been a bunch of craziness going on. You know, he has a tremendous amount of concern, you know, or just, it kind of goes against his style uh, of management when it comes to new car inventory and being aggressive and turn and all that. Um, You know, he's used to the, the high gross, low volume model, and um, he's come around to it. I think overall, um, he is, I mean, I know for a fact that he's very happy with the way things are going, 
and um, really what the future looks like. And so, you know, if he's listening to this at home, uh, I hope uh, I hope he's proud, and I think that he is. Yeah, he has every reason to be proud. Congratulations on your success. Thank you very much. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it was great having this conversation with you. I appreciate all your insights, and uh, good luck for the rest of the year. All right. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yep. Have a great day. And my thanks to all of you for listening to today's Dealer Voices conversation. Please share this podcast with any of your friends that you think could benefit from hearing these insights. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode, and thank you for joining us today. We'll see you very soon.